Um, so we got a few more minutes here. I kind of want to go back to something you said, because this is the thing that I've been mulling over, especially since the Asbury revival mm -hmm. happened. Um, uh, experience through faith. Mm -hmm. How, and this is a question I'm asking myself almost daily yeah. over the past couple of weeks or month or so. How do we validate those experiences, be it good or bad? Um, how much stock should we put in the experiential um, of our faith, of our Christianity? Um, and where can we draw the line to say that maybe this is, like you said, I, I, okay, I'm a worship leader. I've been yep. doing this for 15 years. If you ask me to come up on the platform at the end of your service or whatever, you know how we do it. Yep. We close it down. <laughs> I know what to do. Yes. And I hate to say this because I'm part of the problem, or at least I have been for a long <laughs> oh, time. I get it. I know when to switch to a minor chord. Yep. I know what's going to put people in their feels about certain yep. things because any musician does. But in, I can do it too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you you're talking about. A little yeah, bit, yeah. Just, voice just, down. We, we know how to Some do tears. this. Tears. Yeah. How much of that is is valid and how much of that is like, this is all just BS, man. Yeah. Like, And, and that's what I have been like ripping my brain about because- I've tried not to be heavy handed, especially doing a couple videos about mm -hmm. the Asbury revival, because on one hand, I'm like, I do see people seeking and I think that's OK. Now, do I think you should have to drive halfway across the country or fly from another country to, to fly in and, and be where the hub of Jesus is, <laughs> even though we got rid of the temples and all that? No. stuff? Yeah, I don't agree with that. Um However, the people that are there, I do believe they're there because they're genuinely seeking. Mm hmm. However, maybe this is too heavy handed in ignorance that may or may not be. I still think there's a genuine thing there that's happening inside of their heart where they want to experience God on a deeper level. The problem is like how much of that is real? Yeah. How much of it matters? You know, because personally where I'm at, if you were like, hey, we're going to have a worship conference and we're going to worship all night and people are going to be falling on the floor and crying and stuff. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go to that. But if you were like, hey. We're having a panel next week and we're going to have like people from all different faith backgrounds and we're just going to openly discuss like <laughs> biblical inerrancy or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm there. Like, because to me, I'm just leaning way more towards these days of just ripping the emotion out of it. Not to say that emotion is bad, yeah, but yeah. I don't want to get caught in the rabbit hole of like following my emotions and, and landing in weird spaces that are just not real so like yeah w where does the christian experience how does that play because some some denominations won't even touch it i mean you go to a methodist church it's up down it's call and response it's very liturgical and they have effectively i don't want to say removed because i think they've just never really engaged yeah. with it they've kind of stripped that out you know um and maybe somebody like during communion or something will get teary-eyed or something like that and but there are denominations that exist outside of the evangelical world who do not use the experiential as mm -hmm. a foundational piece of their worship how do we how yeah, do we that's a really that? good question i didn't i didn't make any statements i didn't i didn't touch the asbury revival cuz i'm not there um i on one hand i i did view it cynically you know, I mean, that was just my gut knee-jerk reaction. And I think mm -hmm. for a lot of us that are coming out of that stuff, feel feeling burned by it, right? Like, okay, did did I actually experience something or was I just manipulated into feeling this thing, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, um, and then coming from church staffs where we did do things to manipulate. I mean, we didn't call it manipulation, sure. but like we had people planted that would 
raise their hands or oh, we boy. knew that's on another level. Yeah, there was you know there's a <laughs> I haven't been a part yeah, of that. Yeah, there was a there was a call at the end and <clears throat> so we had we asked certain people to go ahead and stand up and do the thing oh. so that it would give people permission to oh, go wow. do the thing and yeah, so, I mean I don't yeah. doubt that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. So, you know, <laughs> so how that you know, like in our language, it was like we're just giving people permission to to do these things. Sure. You know, everybody's yeah. feeling awkward. But like looking back on it, it's like, okay, but was that just kind of manipulation to create this experience? Sure. sure. Um, also, being a student pastor, I've had plenty of nights at camps. Sure. Where <laughs> you can, yeah, right, you can do the thing. <laughs> yeah, Although I will say that, that there was there there was we had one night where it was just spontaneous. And the kids didn't want to stop, and we were outdoors. It was stripped down. We we had a band up on a trailer bed, and it was a student band. And we were out in the middle of nowhere and no light pollution, and the kids didn't want to stop the worship service. So we ended up doing a worship service for like six or seven hours, hmm. and it was just organic. Sure. Um, but there was there was nothing like, and then it and then it was over. I, sure. It wasn't a revival. Nobody sure. nobody labeled it anything it just was a bunch of kids that wanted to keep worshiping because they were in the middle of nature right um and that's an experience that i still remember and i know mm -hmm. that they do too um so i don't want to take away what god can do in the middle of those things did i don't know if you saw nadia bolts weber's um she she wrote a little blog post on mm -hmm. it it was really good basically it was talking about the the yearning that even those of us that are cynical have right for moments like that of like real tangible like i just felt god again sure and that that so many of us have that yearning that need for that and that that kind of spoke to it but also kind of struck a nerve right um so i would suggest anybody read her post on that that was really good on the other hand um if we're talking about that specifically it felt like it was very co-opted immediately um, that it turned into something because of social media immediately. Sure. Um, it felt like it began to feed itself because what kid wants to stop the revival now? Because mm -hmm. it's a real revival. Sure. And we've been waiting for this, right? Um, and then it was taken over. I, I also was very wary of it because it was in a largely white conservative space. Sure. And people of color weren't represented. Uh, queer people weren't represented. And, at all. Yeah, right. at all. Yeah. And so is that really what God's revival looks like? It's just a bunch of, number one, starting out as white conservative kids. And then if you looked at the pictures, it was a lot of white hair sure. showing up. Um, I, We struggle with that on a constant basis here. The songs that we sing, we try to make sure that they are, they align with us theologically. You know, um, we don't play into the emotions. We don't do lights. I mean, we, we've got some lights. All of these were donated, by the sure. way. And they just like create like, a, like if I turn them all on, it just makes color on a white back, sure, background. Sure. <laughs> that's that's literally, right. those move, but they they just sit there. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> Type of yeah. stuff. Right. Um, and we don't, so we don't do the emotional things. It can get emotional depending on what we're talking about. Sure. And the song topic that ties into those things. Sure. Uh, like last week, we um, we talked about LGBTQ inclusion and what that means, the hard work that we're going to have to participate in the road ahead. And then they sang this song called You Are Not Alone by a Mavis somebody. I can't remember 
her name. I had to find it. She wasn't even on CCLI. So I had to like dig for her chord chart. And But the song like was really emotional because it had this like really bluesy riff to it. And sure. the, the, you know what I mean? So like, I think God shows up, can show up in those moments. We're hardwired for those, some of us. Um, I've experienced God at Dave Matthews concerts. Sure. <laughs> uh, there's a song called uh, Granny. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody, oh, you, okay. Oh, I love Dave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the other day I was driving down and my windows were rolled down and Granny came on. It was like, hello, how are you doing today? You know, I hope th- this finds you feeling healthy and all this stuff. And it just hit me like, oh, love. Yeah. Love is the thing. You sure. know, it just yeah. in that moment, it was just like I felt enveloped by love. Yeah. And dude, I'm driving down the street. I'm tearing up. I'm <laughs> singing Dave Matthews as loud as sure, possible, sure. you know, but it was a real, I can't, I can't, it was a real moment that I had with God right, right there. Right. Yeah. So I don't want to toss the baby out with the bathwater. I just think the bathwater needs to be changed. I, I struggle with this because yeah. so much, like I, I, I wonder how much of my emotional response to God, to church, to faith, any of that stuff was just implanted in me because I've been going to evangelical services since I can remember. Yeah. How, okay. So take somebody who grew up in the Methodist faith and same age as me. We grew up, you know, on the same kind of track. um, But this person was exposed to just predominantly liturgy. Yeah. Ups and downs, communion, uh, Ash Wednesdays, you know, all this stuff. <clears throat> Me, on the other hand, very little liturgy, but I was taught that my emotional response in church, in moments of faith, had a very high importance, especially coming out of like mm-hmm. Pentecostal mm-hmm. Assemblies of God world. And so now I'm like, how much of this is me just responding to the thing that I feel like I've been implanted with and how much of it is a genuine moment with God? And how much of it matters because one of my biggest critiques of Asbury was whether they're white, oh, boomers, yeah, yeah. All, all that. What's going to happen? What's happening next? Yes. When they go back, and, and maybe I'm being heavy handed here. How can you go to a revival, then a week later go back to your church and hate gay people? Yes. A week later, go back to your church and say Donald Trump is the next <laughs> Messiah or whatever yeah. they would call him. Yeah. Uh, or. Go back to your church and and say the the next black guy who gets shot on the street by cops, well, he probably deserved it. Yeah. What is changing? Yeah, yeah. And so to me, it's like how that's not heavy handed. How how well? Yeah. Me coming out of everything I'm coming yeah. out of, it feels heavy handed. How how much does it matter? That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. How much does this matter? I don't think that we are emotionless creatures, clearly. However, I do think there's a trap inside of emotionalism where mm-hmm. we can put it on the top shelf. Yeah, again, I think it I think it goes back to a lot of different things that we've we've touched on. I, I think it goes back to like maybe motive. Um because we are emotional creatures. And I don't think that just because we experience emotion that that that, that means that we've been manipulated and it's not God, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think emotions are bad in and of themselves. I do think, like you said, though, that when they become part of that system of control, right? I think that's when we warp those things and they become unhealthy. Right. And we label them like revival. They should have just why? Why would you do that? Right. What's happening now? Are are these are these people that have been touched by the Holy Spirit in such a major way? Are they now out there in this sit in that city? 
reforming things. But if you think right. about it, I mean, if you go back to even Azusa, like early 1900s till now, and, and how we've framed revival in the evangelical spaces, there is never, ever, not once in all the revivals I've studied, been an expectation that after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happens, that there was going to be reform afterwards. Yeah. I mean, go back over a hundred years, you there's know, never that expectation. Yeah. I, I think if you want to talk revival, I think you look at the civil rights movement. Sure. I think that's revival. Which the white evangelical church <laughs> yeah. wouldn't label yeah. as a revival. I think yeah. I think the revival that we're seeing now is um, the inclusion of queer people. I think that's a genuine revival of the Holy Spirit. Right. I, I think that right now we're in, if you want to get churchy, we're in an Acts 15 moment where the church is asking once again, who is the church for? Sure. And the evidence, what was the evidence for that then? It was the movement of God in a new people group. That right. was the evidence they presented. Sure. It's no different now. I sure. think those things are actually revival. Right. Um, and those are emotional moments, right? Um, those those things create, you know, ecstasy, joy, whatever. But not heartbreak. limited to. Right. Heartbreak, uh, lament, right. Um, confession, forgiveness, all of those things. Um, I, if, if, if this particular thing that happened in this Christian college was a catalyst for those things, I'm on board. Sure. And, and you know what? It might still happen. There might be kids that were part of that that then go on to do something freaking awesome. Right. Right. Yeah. And that could be the start of it. Like, I'm well aware of that and would be like, sweet, that's that's amazing. Right. I'm, I'm all I'm, I'm, I'm about it. Um, but if it's just like, a, you know, we went to camp and it was awesome. Right. And then I'm going to come back home and I'm on fire for Jesus. And then I go back to school and, hey, you should come to youth group with me the first week. And, hey, do you want to come to youth group with me the second week? And the third week's like, hey, we're having a pizza party. Sure, and then sure. by a month later, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> right. You right. know, yeah. if it's that again, which is which is why we've always talked about camp highs, right? Sure. We always warned about it because it's, it's just emotion. Right. There's nothing underneath it. Right. Um that, like you said, I, I think that then if we're relying on that here and it's not matching, I, I say in here, in the building, sure, the sure. church I'm sitting in, um, but then there's no, like you said, expectation of anything translating to out outside those walls in our city, then I think it's just, like you said, emotionalism and it's it's right. empty. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean- It's I, that goosebumps God. Oh, I got my warm fuzzies. That <laughs> right. felt great. That was an awesome church service. Well, yeah. And then nothing changes. And we've talked yeah. about it. I mean, there we went to church together for probably about a year or so before we even like talked about dating or anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, every single service had an altar call to it. <laughs> every, yes. every single Everyone. service. We don't do those. And <laughs> I, I was literally asked one time because uh, it was like, it must have been a week or something. I wasn't leading worship or something like that. And I was asked at the end of that whole service, because almost everybody went up for an altar call. And I, like one of the pastors walked up to me and be like, hey man, like something wrong, like something going on in your life. I didn't see you come up to the altar call. And I was like, it's the opposite. I, I feel fine. <laughs> but I didn't feel led to go and cry in an altar. Like, <laughs> but, but it was being positioned to me that yeah. there was, I needed to check my heart basically. Yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> it's like, uh, and, and then I've yeah. had, I've led worship with some big worship leaders and, and big name pastors. And I literally had an associate pastor walk up to me and say, okay, he's probably, he, this guy's known for doing prayer lines, you know, at the end where people come up and they pray for people and some people fall out. If he prays for you, you need to take a courtesy fall. 
courtesy fall. Those were the exact words used. A courtesy a fall. Courtesy fall. <laughs> if you if you fall out in the spirit, that's great. But if for some reason you don't, you, you just, just need fall. to take a courtesy fall. <laughs> oh my god! And so I've just how fragile. I've seen the the negative side of emotionalism. And like I said, and this is a little, maybe some hypocrisy coming out here. I've just been a part of it for so long. I'm very weird. Like my biggest concern now, especially having kids that are 15 going like teenagers. Yeah. I do not want them being manipulated that way. Yeah. I hate like the idea of sending them to a summer camp almost makes me cringe a little bit. Yep. Now on the other end, I don't want to rob them of that. I know yeah. that their friends are there and obviously they know that I believe in Jesus and like, you know, and so I don't want to take that away from them, but I'm so cautious of yeah. like exposing them. I have no problem sending my kids to a public school and there being drugs and sex and alcohol around. <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. But the weird Christian stuff, that freaks me out a little bit because you're gonna you're gonna walk through that part of life, right? Yeah. Like everybody's gonna experiment with girls or or maybe it's, it's substances. Like maybe I'm just being to <laughs> sold or you know, wild oats and stuff like that. But I think that's just kind of a part of growing up. You're yeah. gonna be exposed to those things. But those things don't, for some reason, don't carry the same weight as like weird Christianity. I I don't know. You know who Jason Upton is? Oh, uh, I know that name. Who he's a, he's that? a worship leader. He was he like a big um, prophetic okay. worship leader. He kind of started before there was Bethel okay. and all that. It was Jason Upton. Okay. Um, he's somewhat, I don't want to say walked away from the church, but he's kind of been a recluse because of all the yucky stuff that's happening in the church. But I love what he said. He said that, um, I'm way more concerned about my kids catching a demon inside a church than I am them catching one outside of church. Uh, cause he just sees, and this yeah. guy's been a seasoned worship leader for a long time. And so I'm just very cognizant of the emotional manipulation that can yeah. come with it, but not only just the manipulation, like it's coming from a bad side of leadership, but also just the things that we can get caught up in. You know, um, if I cry in a Disney movie, which happens, is that God touching me? You know what I'm saying? Like, could it be? Sure. But does it have to be? No. It's right. the same thing inside of a worship service or, or Asbury Revival or anything. And I didn't want to pick on them specifically. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was, yeah. It's the whole evangelical side of things. It's like, does that mean that the people who worship differently than us, say the Methodist, who are very liturgical, does that mean that they don't experience God? Yeah. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I wouldn't say that at all. I think they experience different, and I might even say they experience it maybe even on a healthier level because they're not crutching on some of that emotionalism. Um, but then I don't want to, like you said, throw the whole baby yeah. out of the bathwater and say all of it's bad, but I'm just very tiptoeing around this now. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of probably the space that a lot of us are into right. is like, I don't want I don't want to use the phrase overly cautious, but just really aware right. of of the 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 what we the weight that we carry from being in it, but then also the weight that we carry from being part of it. Sure. Of doing mm-hmm. it. Right. You know, like I can remember in my earlier days of like knowing, like I've confessed it here. Like I knew, like I'm good at what I do. I know that. I have honed it over years. I've always been a public speaker, speech and debate, all the stuff. Sure. I could I've always been able to do it. And I I knew how to elicit a response from a crowd of people. Sure. I wanted mm-hmm. them to laugh here. I know how to make you laugh. I wanted you to cry here. I know how to make you cry. Sure. I know what to do. I can cry on cue if I want to. <laughs> right. Okay. Um I, I'm an emotional guy anyway when it comes to stuff. So like I, I can get emotional when I'm talking about something if sure. I, you know, 
Um, but I think that we are all very careful because we're either victim to it or we were participating in it or a combination of the two and we're coming out of it realizing, oh, I didn't know how unhealthy that was. Sure. Because it's just what you were supposed to do. And now I've got to deal with the ramifications of like not only being a, a victim of that manipulation, but also being a perpetuator sure. of that manipulation. Mm -hmm. And like, oh my God, now that's an extra layer of like guilt right. and... Like, I, then I don't want to do any of it. I don't want to participate in any of it. Sure. So then maybe we go too far the other way. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, no, we're not singing any songs right, at right, this right. church, you right. know? So I, I, it is a tightrope almost. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we talked about all the time, like when we, when we met altar call every single service at yeah. this particular church of God, and we would see for weeks, maybe months at a time, Years. the same people yeah. crying in the altar, God, I need your presence. God, I need your presence. I'm like, you haven't got like, <laughs> what? Yeah, and it almost becomes this like um, ritual, right? right? Like this cathartic, cathartic yeah. yeah, ritual where you, you need this emotional release because it's like, okay, now I can have the rest of my week and then right. I'll come back mm -hmm. and have this emotional release and I... I was I connected with God here. Well, and if and I don't, then I, am I connecting with God at all? Right. And I think it creates that really unhealthy emotional longing. Like he's never close to you. God, I need you yeah. close. God, I need yeah. you close. I'm in a space now and I could just be totally off. I No, no, no. I, I know where you're going. I just don't know that he's not any closer now yeah. than he is when I'm singing or crying in an altar. Yep. Or when I'm, you know, uh, editing videos on my computer. Like, why is there this separation? Yeah. yeah. And I think it goes back to, I think it all goes back to control. Right. I, I do. Uh, whether it's meant to or not, um, God is here. Yeah. But God's also there. Sure. I, I mean, if if God sustains everything, is in, in everything, you know, he's reconciling all things back to him. If we're participating in that, then we have to believe that God is all of this. Sure. That we're, you know, if the kingdom of heaven is here and the kingdom of heaven is within us, then like God is with us wh wherever we go. And we, but we've taught people that like, oh, the Holy Spirit really showed up today. No, we didn't. No, it didn't. No, she didn't. No, they didn't. Right. Like yeah. the Holy Spirit, if, if that's a thing, if you, if you attribute, it's always there. Right. Yeah. Just because you felt goosebumps doesn't mean all of a sudden the Holy Spirit showed up. No, sure. no, no. Yeah. It was there when you were arguing with your kids on the way to the church. <laughs> arguing with them. Yeah. Fighting with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, the Holy Spirit was there. Right. Like, you know, if God is this whole big universal spirit, uh, to me, there's, that's just so much more beautiful. If we would teach that. Sure. You know, but then that's not control because you can yeah. find the sacred at a sitting by a stream. Right. And I think that's that's probably my biggest issue is that we've attached this emotion to the closeness of God. Yeah. And that's what freaks me out because then you you're it's like a high. It's like a fix. Yeah. You're constantly chasing that trying to find him. Meanwhile, he's been there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But unless you attribute it to goosebumps or crying in an altar or they played oceans this week and I really felt the presence of God, I'm like what are we talking, like, what are we saying? And, like, and that's something, like, as a deconstructing person, like, you have to unlearn, which can be really hard to, because you feel very, like, yeah, gu like, guilt and shame, or you feel far, and right. but you're not. You feel super far. And I think that's a switch that I had to physically, like, switch in my head. I refuse to feel far from God mm -hmm. because I think any separation from God that I would, quote, unquote, feel is learned. 
It's not actual. Yes. Well, if you're gonna take if you're gonna take scripture seriously, I mean that's what Paul says. Right. There's nothing in all of creation that creates separation. Sure. Right. Yeah. So if that's serious, like if we're gonna say, no, 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 we're gonna pattern our lives after these letters, then we have to live out like well, maybe that was an experience, but the drive here, I was just as close. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the me going to work, my boss is a jack wagon. Sure. But I'm just as close. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nothing in all of creation. Well, and, and I feel like especially in the evangelical world, we've created, potentially created uh, these spiritual junkies. Yes. I mean, like we have passion conferences that this week or it's like right now. And how many thousands of people just like Asbury will flock to these things because that's where they believe God is. And I'm just like, you're missing it, man. There's nothing wrong with singing a song. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having an emotional response to a moment or even scripture. Cause I find myself that that's more the case than anything for me personally lately. But if I go chase that, like if, mm. if every time I read my Bible, I had the expectation that I was going to get teary eyed and just moved by it. The moment that stopped happening for me, I'm going to think something's wrong with me. Wrong? Something's wrong with God, or maybe this isn't what I thought it was. And it just creates this weird thing where it's like, I, I just don't believe that that's how we are supposed to be. From what I've read in scripture, that's yeah, how we're I, supposed to be interacting. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think it's more along the lines of entertainment sure. um, and not, not downgrading, like you said, Real, actual moments. Like, I think those can happen anywhere. They can happen watching a movie, right? You can have those those moments of, like, with the divine. Um, But but I also think, though, that the church has longed to compete with uh, secular entertainment, whatever you say. You know, has just really, if we could do this, which is why you see those videos of these stupid Easter pageants and everybody's flying through the room and you got... (laughs) You got, you got a drum, yeah, ridiculous. drumming core out there. Oh, it's just all so stupid. Um, and if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you go to a church, you, please tell them that I said that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they long, it's, it has longed to be able to capture that kind sure. of, you know, attention or emotion or whatever. And so then, so then the church plays into that, you know, because now, like you said, we've created this experience that you're going to want to crave over and mm-hmm. over and yeah. over. And right. where else are you going to get it? Right. And which is why, like in those early 2000s, those 90s and early 2000s, um, church, churches became about doing church better. You wanted to do church better than the church down the road. Why? So that those people would come mm-hmm. here and have that experience on another level. But then how do you continue to do that? It's just, it's this self-defeating thing. Like you can't keep upping the ante because at some point in time, there's nowhere else to go. I mean, it's 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 almost like a form of like spiritual capitalism. Yeah. Like we found a way to sell it. And now Samsung and Apple, Baptist, you know, Baptist and Pentecostal. Now yeah. we're just trying to outdo each other with every yeah. new model the new we come feature. up with. Yeah. Right. Uh, because there are consumers. And, you know, I don't know if it's like this in other countries across the world, uh, but here in America, it's just we have a very consumer mind about Christianity. Uh, and those are the things. Taught. Right. Taught behavior. Yes. Right. And- Unlearning that is so liberating. Like, and I think it's it's almost like sad when you watch people because you, once you unlearn those things and you're actually like you feel free from them. Like you said at your church, for example, like when you're free from them, you want uh, like to learn God or like give or yeah, be generous. Right. Like all these things that you're supposed to that they're teaching you to do at church, you actually do without guilt and without shame. Like sure. it's natural. 
and and we say this all the time, and I'm sure you're on board with this, like all the critiques and stuff we're talking about, if you are a Christian or go to a church that does this, we're not talking about salvation. Like I mm. say this all the time, like I, who am I to judge where that lands? Yeah. I, I will not yeah. ever do that. I can though, and I guess to use the Christian language of it, we could talk about fruit, but I would just call it effectiveness, being an effective Christian, which to me doesn't mean like getting people saved or having more people in your church. It's really about like who you are in the midst of the culture and the society that you're in. Yep. And so when I look at Christians, especially the evangelical ones, um, like you said, I hope all those kids that went to the Asbury Revival can become effective Christians. Mm -hmm. However, my concern is that the systems we've built, that the thing they flock to, regardless of how um, valid it may be on an individual level, on a societal and communal level, when they go back to wherever they're from, if it doesn't produce fruit or they don't become more effective Christians from it, then I say, what was the point? Yeah, what was the point? What was the point of all that? Because really what we don't realize, and I think the, the church almost doesn't care about this, they don't care about the outsiders looking in. How does this look to people who aren't Christians, 100%. who have left the church, who are atheist, agnostic, Muslim, like whatever, because all they do is see us flopping around in altars, but no real change out in the real world and hating people for their uh, sexual preference, color of their skin, political party, like all of those things. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what was all that then? Yeah. You know, uh, and I don't, th- I don't think we think about that in the evangelical world. I also don't know if we care. If I'm being honest, like I, I think we like our bubble, you know, and we don't really care who's I outside. We. Well, I'm coming out of the evangelical world, so I'm just kind of throwing myself into I'm that. Not but, a we. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not I, a part of that. I've just, I'm very cognizant of wanting to make sure that that's the point, right? Like, obviously, like I think most churches probably have this on their walls now, like love God, love people. Okay. I feel like most of us do well, or at least attempt to do well at the love God part. Right. And I think for the super Christianese people, when we talk about love people, that is almost just, well, it's it's my people, right? Love my people. Well, not only that, and this is a whole other episode that we could get into, <laughs> but it's the definition of what love means. Right. Because in the evangelical world, uh, the world that I grew up in, love means I'm trying to save you from hell. Right. Yeah. right. That's how I love you. Sure, sure, sure. You know, is like... If that and if that means that I have to tell you that you're going to hell without <laughs> Jesus, that's love. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, when you say love God, love people, well, love that's kind of a suitcase term in the church. Sure. Yeah. It can mean a whole lot of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, that yeah. could be a, a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> uh, and I think that that's my biggest bone to pick. I think we can have a bunch of, like you said, we can have a bunch of different opinions theologically. Our interpretation of scripture can be varied and that all yep. that's fine, but it really comes down to what's the point of any of this if we're not effective with our faith. And and like you said, that that's tough because then you have certain people who think it's, it's just all about getting people saved. You know, and we talk about that all the time and I know we're running out of time, but um, we do talk about good fruit, bad fruit. That's a big thing for us. That was one of the main reasons that we made our theological switch from non to affirming sure. was because yeah. of fruit, knowing that good fruit, bad fruit is in the here and now. Like it's not like this spiritual fruit. Um, anyway, but the through the spirit is what love, joy, mm-hmm. peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, you know, all those things. Right. But good fruit grows, right? Fruit grows. It's there. You can see it, which is why he said, Hey, that tree, it's got good fruit. You can pick it and eat it, whatever. Right. Um, so 
good fruit, loving people, serving people, producing good fruit, being effective means the flourishing. Like if I'm going to love neighbors myself, I want good things for me. I want to live a life, you know, a good life. It's where things happen and it's flourishing. I want for them the same I want for me. I want their lives to flourish. So good fruit is doing the things that help our neighbors flourish. Sure, sure. All of our neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so my 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 trans neighbor, I want them to flourish like my family is flourishing. Sure. So that means that I have to do the things that I need to to make sure that my trans neighbor flourishes, which might mean that I have to rethink some of the. Um, Maybe policies that I used to support, sure, mm-hmm. or maybe the people I used to support, right. or um, things that I'm I'm saying out loud, or maybe I need to learn some things. Maybe I, maybe my little white Christian straight world is really small, and I need to learn about things like, um, uh, I just lost the word privilege, <laughs> right, and what that actually means, sure. what that really means, right. and you know, so it's like. Good fruit, bad fruit, being effective isn't about <laughs> how many people I can get to come to this building right. and all the butts in the seats. That's not being effective, right? Mm-hmm. Being effective is, is my city better because I'm here? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is, yeah. is the communities, is yeah. the spaces that I'm in, yeah. does it flourish or is it is it being helped because I exist? Yep. I know, as someone who believes in Jesus, that it comes from, that's the well that it comes from, mm. to use a Christian term. I don't need them to know that. Yeah. I just want to see them prosper. Yeah. Uh, in all the ways that matter. Obviously, I'm not talking about the nicest closed cars. But I mean, like, you know, because I like I'm big on social justice. If I don't have to worry about potentially getting stopped, frisked, and shot by a police officer because of the color of my skin, then my neighbor shouldn't have to worry about it either. Mm-hmm. And if that's a problem for my neighbor or that community of people where I live then for me to love the way Jesus loved, then I have to stand for that. I don't even I don't even think I have a choice. If I'm going to say I love Jesus and I love people, then I feel personally obligated by my faith to say it is my job to seek justice for those people that I have as well. Mm-hmm. Privilege, yep. if you will. And if I don't do that, I feel on a personal level, I'm violating my own faith. Mm-hmm. And then what am I even doing any of this? Yeah, for? and then what does it matter? Right, what's the point of any yeah, of this? Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> Which is where I would lean into yeah, like yeah. nihilism and things like yeah. that. So for me, it's this deep calling of, I want to see people succeed regardless of their faith, race, gender, background, all of that. Yeah. Um, and if I can be a small part in that, awesome. If I can be a big part of that, great. I don't need to push my gospel on them because my hope is that just me being and letting that well spring up in me just to do all these things will just let people see me for who I am. Yep. And if they're interested in that, I'm an open book. And if they're not interested in that, it doesn't change how I love them in the slightest. Yeah. I don't need or them. Or the friendship or whatever, the relationship. Sure. It just doesn't, yeah. yeah. Has, has no bearing on it yeah, at no, all. Yeah. My job is just to love people, uh, with no strings yeah. attached. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and that's it, hard to do. It's that's hard to do in those spaces though, because there are there are conditions attached to that. Mm-hmm. You know, but like you were talking about when you can deconstruct out of some of those things, like eternal conscious torment. Sure. When you can deconstruct out of that and then all of a sudden my motive to love you isn't to save you from some mythical tartar tartarus. Sure. You know, 
it's just, no, no, no. I want to see you do well now. Like right. I want to love yeah. you now. And then like, there's no agenda. Right. Yeah. And it becomes, anyway. yeah. And I think for us, like just kind of winding things down, I think for us, there's been so many things that we talk about behind closed doors, you know, that we haven't said publicly yet. Theological stances because we just have not been able to. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be in this. I am fully aware this totally might make me a hypocrite. The work I've done in churches, in churches that I disagree with most of the things they're doing has put food on our table. Yeah. And it has not allowed me to say a lot of the things that I maybe would say. Um, and I'm fully, I will put my hypocrite hat on and I'll own that. And, and I'm still in that position. You know, I'm still like looking for work in those spaces until something else becomes available. Um, because that's where I put all my eggs as a young person. I learned how to be a very effective worship leader. I learned how to do the church game. You know what I'm saying? Like I learned I how to do all these things and I'm good at it on a skill level. Yeah. I'm very good at it. And so now I'm having to kind of hit this place in my life where it's like, do I just keep doing this because I'm good at it? Or do I need to like refocus my skills in an area where I don't feel like a hypocrite anymore? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so that's just something I'm transitioning into. But um, there are things that we talk about that I think we're still unsure on. And it sounds like mm -hmm. you've you you're not trying to be a beacon of truth. You're just saying, here's some options. You yeah. know, you know, like we talk about all the time. Universalism sounds awesome. And and biblically, there's so much that we like about it. We're just not a hundred percent there. Yeah. If that I, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We we talked about that recently too. And basically the conclusion that we came to, we wanted to ask the question is, yeah, is hell real? Sure. And yeah. so I said no. And then I said yes. <laughs> and then I said maybe. Right. Yeah. right and right. then the conclusion was I don't know. Right. And I gave them where I'm at. Yeah. I'm a hopeful ultimate reconciliationist. Sure. I'm hopeful of that mm -hmm. right. because that seems like, okay, that fits the, if God is love, then sure. love doesn't give up. Right. That's right. what it says. It never fails. Right. And if he's reconciling all things, right. that means all, that literally, that word literally means all. I right. mean, this is a whole other topic. Sure, but, sure, sure. but yeah, no, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's still like, I'm hopeful. Right. I don't know what happens next. Right. I'm hopeful this happens. Yeah. So there's things that we talk about that we haven't necessarily like put out there in yeah. all the spaces yet that I think we're still working through much like you are saying, yes, yeah. no, maybe. I don't, yeah. I don't know where yeah. we're at. But I think having the discussion is important, not shying away from it, but then also not being like, this is where we landed and that's it. <laughs> like, you know, I think that's unhealthy too. And having the community to, to discuss it or having the freedom because that's not normal church well the churches we've been to that's not allowed it's not it's not accepted it's not the yeah. norm yeah um i'll say this and then you can do whatever you need right. to this is like three episodes here right. <laughs> um but i think for us what you just said i think we had two goals when when we when we started this was one was to create a space for people like we us from yeah. uh, my wife and i the second was i wanted people that don't come here to say that our city's better because we're here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Th those are the two things that I wanted to do. And um, maybe part of it was selfish. Um, but to have a community of people around me where I we can talk about these things and I can say this as a pastor and not get fired. Sure. <laughs> you know, where I stood up on the stage I don't actually stand on the stage. I hate standing on the stage. <laughs> My wife was like, I can't see you. I'm like, well, grow, woman. She's short. <laughs> you know, I'm, I stand down here on the floor. I hate being up on the stage. Everybody needs beanbags. So yeah. A higher. Yes. <laughs> um, but I said, I said it in a sermon. I don't know what I believe. Sure. I don't know what to tell you today. 
if you ask me next week, I'm probably going to say something else. <laughs> sure. I, 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 I hang on to the Jesus thing. Everything else is up in the air. And to, to have the ability to say that as the pastor of, of a community and yeah, is not something that happens. No. Right. And I, I don't, right. And I don't take that for granted. Uh, I feel very lucky um, to be able to be in this space. Um, and I hope to see other spaces. And I, let me say this too, that there's, a, uh, there's other spaces here in town that are much like us. Um, we have a very close relationship with Maison Mission here in town. That's another church plant that um, they have a little different take, like their style's slightly different than ours, but we align completely. And like all of our sermon series, we do them together. We plan cool. them out together. We oh, do neat. stuff together. Um, so it's nice to have that community sure. too with them and us and um, that type of stuff. So we're not the only ones, especially here in town. I don't want people to feel that way. Um, but I am hopeful that we'll see more and more of these kind of spaces spring up um, as more and more people are are looking for just authenticity. Like, yeah. I don't need you to have all the answers. Right. I just need a space to talk about it. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, and 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 to be like intellectually honest right. about it and to say, that's that's not right. I know it says this, but... Paul was wrong. Right, right, right. And to not be ostracized because you just said that Paul was wrong. Right, right. And he's clearly wrong right. about <laughs> Jesus still has not come back. Sure, sure. And 1 Corinthians 7 says it's imminent. Right. So well, most of the early yeah, <laughs> thought that. Yeah. But that specifically, and I remember uh, that one is one of the chapters I was like, nope, I got to remember that one. Right. Because Paul was like, no, no, no. Don't if you're married, great, but don't try because it's happening soon. Don't worry about it. Right. If you're a slave and can get free, great, but don't worry about it because right. Jesus is coming back in just a minute. Sure. He was clearly wrong, but to be able to say that within a church setting, sure, and then discuss what that actually means, like, well, then is he wrong? Wrong or is, no? That was his understanding. Like, sure. You know, yeah. to be, but to go down those rabbit holes, sure, and, sure. You know, I yeah, I just feel. I'm I'm very lucky. We're very lucky. It sure. was a struggle to get here, but totally worth it. Sure. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, and like I said, where we're at, you know, only a couple of hours away, we haven't seen anything close to this. You know, and I think like you know, there's I'm just gonna say there's schools up here. <laughs> because you're a teacher and there's yeah. lots of jobs yeah. in well, I mean, Gainesville. Our... <laughs> I'm just saying. And you got family just twenty minutes away. Well, we <laughs> just... we talked about it and you know, our goal we talked yeah. before we even started yeah. is to move to leave Florida um, you know, after our youngest graduates. Um <laughs> so many people. <laughs> but the one thing I don't want to do is uh rip my kids away. Oh like for sure. They love when they're at, they're playing sports. And we did I... the, yeah, we yeah. did the same thing with our daughter when we moved here. It was her third move mm -hmm. and she moved uh, her first move was like when she was pre preschool. She didn't yeah. really remember much of anything. Um, but she was going into, she was in fifth grade when we moved here. And I had seen too many kids just be battered and abused by sure. parents stepping, you know, three years here and then three years sure. there and then four years here. So we told her, baby, this is it. This right. is our last move. We're not taking you away. You will graduate from whatever high school you're in. Mm -hmm. And then that we kept, we kept that. Sure. And now it's like, well, we number one, we we love the weather. Sure. We love Florida. <laughs> right. Besides the insanity and stupidity, but right. we love it here. And then now it's like, well, her her fan or her people are here, and my sure. sons in middle school and his people are here, and it's like 
we can't leave now right. because if we tried to leave, my daughter, all of her people are here. Sure. So yeah, I get yeah. it. One hundred percent. Totally get it. Yeah. I mean, it is it is interesting, but I think that's what you were talking about earlier. That's the work of uh, where social media can be so important today. Yes. Because even for people not like us, those who have left the church, scattered to the four winds. You know, maybe they're still in the same community, but they're just not practicing in those communities in those spaces anymore. The beautiful thing is uh, social media can hopefully collect these people and bring them to spaces like you have or like other places like that and then be able to engage them back into communities for the sole purpose of them being effective. Again, yeah. You know, because. Yeah. Listen, hey, I'll offer this. We don't we don't do a ton of advertising. We don't do invite cards, stuff like that. But right. I will say that if anybody is looking for space, we do we do do Zoom groups. Right. If that's something that anybody's interested in. And, can you and take a second and like. Pitch that for like give us times, give us like all that like all yeah, the information. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can go to our website, which is shiftgnv.com, okay. and go to all things shift, and you can scroll down and click. It's in the groups, and you can sign up, and we can send you the link. So our cool. Zoom groups, we do we do we actually do three. All of our small groups are Zoom optional too. So like we do a book study. We're doing God Can't. We're finishing up God Can't by Thomas J. Ord. I don't know if you've ever read it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating book. Don't know what I think about it, but it's really good and really good discussions. It completely alters how you see God and God as love. Right, right. So anyway, um, so that's on Sunday nights at 6.30 Eastern. And then Wednesdays, we do deconstruction groups. Um, And that's um, like we're getting ready to talk about LGBTQ in the Bible, what it really says. Spoiler alert, it doesn't talk about it. Sure. But like what what, you know, like historically and all those things. So we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna really get in the weeds in that. And that's that the first one starts at six PM Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a Zoom option. Like there's people here in person, but we also have Zoom option. The second one is Zoom only, and that's at seven thirty Eastern. Okay. Um, and there's a it's a smaller one, but there's several people from the Midwest that wanted to be part of it. So we, that's why we created that one. Cool. And so anybody can join that one. And a lot of times people that can't get here in time, they'll join the 731 because maybe they got home late from sure, work or whatever. Sure, sure. So, yeah. yeah. So those are the Zoom options that we have. So if any, if, if that's helpful for anybody, maybe sure. they're like outside of Gainesville or, or even not part of I mean, we got people in Oklahoma, Missouri. Right. You know, so um, if anybody wants to. Yeah. I mean, I get messages like on Instagram and like TikTok yeah. and Facebook from all over. So I'm sure there are people who yeah. would be, who'd be more than open. Do you guys live stream your Sunday mornings? We, well, yes and no. You know, live stream on YouTube is not really a live stream, sure, but we sure. don't have the capability of like streaming it live. Right. So it goes, it goes live on YouTube at 6 p.m. Oh, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So you're just yeah. pre-recording and putting yeah. it up. Yeah, cool. put it up cool. there, yeah. Sweet. On, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think like being in the moment watching it live is that big of a deal. Yeah. And honestly, for as in like somebody who edits video, it's actually nicer to go in and like tweak some stuff, like yeah. some color or some audio and make then put it up later. Um, so that's cool, but you guys do have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's just yeah, cool. the Shift sermon Church. portion, right? Yep, yep. Cool. Yeah. So uh, yes, and um and we're working on because I'm not a big tech guy like you are. Um <laughs> And it's all volunteer driven. So we're trying to get it together so we can do the podcast part of it too, where you can upload the sermons and actually just listen to them instead of having to try to watch it sure. on YouTube. That's just such an easier Headphones medium. in the gym, it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah it's okay. just an yeah. easier way to do it. So we're trying to figure out how to do that for our stuff too. Sure. On sure. the cheap. 
Yeah. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. So you guys are located in Gainesville. So anybody who's like, you know, close to Gainesville, this might be a thing we're checking out. Um, I can't remember all the details you said, but you just said them. So they're there. Them. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. They're there. They're the website. <laughs> so. com. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So check them out there. Um, like I said, man, the, the whole reason we wanted to reach out to you is because I want to be able to point people in different directions not oh, yeah, just our directions sure. i think it's healthy um i love that you guys carry the idea of like we're putting stuff out there we're not 100 percent, you know the bearers of truth but we're willing to have the conversations yeah. which i think is super super healthy um and then you know it may help strengthen people's theological stance wherever they are on that spectrum you know uh there's nothing wrong with information. And so I think yes. the more information we can collect, yep. the better. Yep. Um, so a- anything else you kind of want to add before no. we get out of here? No, no. I'm good. Yeah. good. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah, awesome. We definitely went over. I'll probably split this into three parts. So if you're <laughs> listening to the third part right now, you are a champ because you, <laughs> you, you, you made it three weeks. You did it. But uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks. And I you know, hopefully we'll come back and do you know another thing. One yeah, day. man. Because yeah. it seems like there's a lot of stuff we could have oh, talked there's about. There's a lot of stuff, yes. Um, Pick a topic and just stick to it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks for having us here in your church. And yeah. uh, you know, if you guys are listening, we'll we'll catch you next week. And you know, message us. Let us know if any guests. If you have any questions for Joe specifically, maybe he said something. Um, I have no problem relaying that. Yeah. Um, so if you want to message me, you guys are on TikTok. Right? Yep. You're on yeah. in- Shift Church. It's Shift GMV on TikTok. Okay. I'm the real Joe Smith on TikTok. Okay. So. And you guys are on Instagram. Yep. Facebook. Yep. Okay. All the stuff. Shift. Yeah. Right. Shift Church. Right. So if you're looking for a Shift bunch of GMV. avenues. I'm assuming anybody who's listening to this is tech savvy enough to go find all that stuff. Yeah, so sure. I'm not going to hit you with the H dot T. We're the only chef yeah. church in the state of Florida. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So wow. nice. Yeah. That makes so it if easy. You look, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, find them on social media, all that stuff. Uh, you know, obviously you can reach out to Joe specifically or through the church if you got questions or whatever, or if not, you can message me and, you know, I'll relay any information to Joe. But uh, yeah, once again, thanks for having us and uh, hope you guys have a good week. See you later. Bye.